Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is August 19th, 2020. I'm Andrew Hansen, joined by Sugar Shane. Well, and Shane, what a day two in the NBA playoffs. Two upsets, both number one seeds go down, Milwaukee and the Lakers. What do you think about that? That was pretty exciting. I mean, that's got to be the first time that uh, two number eight seeds knock out the one seed. And they did it in pretty decisive, uh, in a pretty decisive manner. I mean, Orlando was up pretty big, and you kept saying, "Well, Milwaukee's going to come back. Milwaukee's going to come back," and they just kept coming. Orlando kept coming at them, and that was with that without Aaron Gordon, one of their better players, too. Uh, so that was very impressive. Uh, Orlando played plays good defense, and they they were able to score and and be very efficient shooting, and then. Really, Portland, you got to love their momentum with the, all the stars they have on their team and those big guys they can throw out there. And I don't think I was that surprised because I've been watching the Bucks and the Lakers in the bubble, and they they haven't looked good the entire bubble restart. Neither team has. Uh, Antetokounmpo is not that great of a shooter, and he kind of gets exposed in the playoffs because of that. He, he can't just out-physical every single team with, with the tough defense in the playoffs. And uh, the Lakers outside of LeBron and AD have nothing. There's no complimentary player. So I wasn't really shocked at, on that. Um, but it is that's still very impressive for the eight seeds. And it gives it more parity. It makes it kind of exciting. So, so it, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch those series. Yeah, it really is. And I have more faith in Milwaukee turning things around. But I think the Lakers are in real trouble for the reason you said. They just don't have enough peripheral pieces, you know, real scoring threats. Kuzma, you know, if he doesn't have an excellent game, where do they turn for scoring? So Portland just, you know, stepped up and took advantage of the opportunity. And I think that's going to be a real battle. Um, so uh, great, great, exciting night, though. Another winning night for us at DFS Coach Talk. Our GPP lineup on FanDuel that we gave out to our members was an easy cash. It had Dragic and Butler in it. And we used the same combo on our coach's clipboard over on DraftKings, and uh, that was the key to building winning lineups. Um, those guys were, were terrific. Dragic was just vastly underpriced on DraftKings at 4.4. Coach and I talked about that on the last podcast, and he almost got you a 10x return. Uh, Butler got us a 6x return. And then my favorite value play was Wenyan Gabriel, along with Ennis and, and Gary Clark, who we gave out to members. But Gabriel was frustrating tonight because he was he was strong when he was out there, but he's just getting in foul trouble. He only ended up playing 15 minutes, even though he started. Um, so we'll see what the lineup is again in game two. I'm going to go back to the well if they start him again and hope that he just is a little bit smarter and, and avoids the foul trouble. Although two of the fouls against him were phantom fouls against Anthony Davis, where he barely touched him if 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 at all so that was frustrating but you know I was glad that our our core plays were strong enough uh to get uh another night of of winning lineups on both sites awesome yeah that that was it was definitely a great great night for us again and uh we're ready for this uh next slate I think this is a really interesting slate because everyone's going to be looking at the results from Monday and I think a lot of people are not going to pay attention to the fact that uh, these teams and their coaching staff will strategically change the game plan uh, to stop the opposing players and that the game plans will change, which means the players 
contributions are going to change. And a lot of people aren't going to factor that in. They're just going to check the game logs and just throw in the guys that did good on Monday and just assume the same results. And we're going to be looking at how those results can change with the with game two of these particular series. Absolutely. So let's start to get into it, Shane. It is another four-game slate. Uh, the pattern is set. We've got the games that played on Monday going to game two of each series. Uh, we want to thank our presenting sponsors here, mybookie.ag. We've got a terrific offer there. If you go to our website and use the promo code COACHTALK, you can click through over to mybookie.ag and get a $1,000, or sorry, a 100% match up to $1,000 on your first deposit and a $25 free play. So we highly recommend you take advantage of that. And then also on our website, if you're into horse racing, go to tvg.com and you can use the exclusive $300 risk-free bet that's also available on our website, dfscoachtalk.com. So check that out. We thank those wonderful sponsors. All right. Speaking of mybookie.ag, now that we've actually got some continuity here, Shane, we can actually get some lines in the middle of the night. Uh, we're recording this here early on Wednesday morning. All the lines are up at mybookie.ag. They've got Toronto as an 11-point favorite in the first game against Brooklyn. Over-under set at 226.5. That's the second-highest total on the board. And this one will tip off in the early slot, 1.30 Eastern. So make sure you get your lineups in well before that. Uh, that is the matchup in, in uh, game one. Toronto won easily, 134-110. to 110. What are your thoughts on how th things are going to shake out here in game two? Well, the thing, there's a few things I like about this game. It is one of the fastest paced game, probably overall the fastest paced game on the slate. So that's a good thing. Um, and uh, Brooklyn's not a great defensive team. Toronto is a, is a really good you know defensive team. So you worry about that a little bit. It's a pretty high over, over under 226.5. Of course, you're a little concerned about the blowout here with, uh, you know, Toronto being 11-point favorites. But if you believe in a couple of these Brooklyn plays, uh, like Levert and a few of their value plays, then you believe that they're going to probably be able to have a good game and keep it close. Brooklyn is a pretty feisty team, though, so they do have the talent to keep it close. So that's kind of what you're hoping for here is a fast-paced, high-scoring game and stack a few of these guys and get some of the value plays and some of the big guys here and hope it goes, uh, hope it stays close towards the end. So I think Karis LeVert is in a bounce back spot here for Brooklyn. He's 8,400 on FanDuel, so certainly not cheap, and 8,200 on DK, but he's in the perfect bounce back position. I mean, he had 15 assists. He put up great stats. He just didn't score that much, but the guy can score. Of course, you're a little concerned about you know, Toronto's defense, they can throw a lot of great defenders at him. But I think he's very talented, and he's kind of the one-man show in terms of the star in this team. Uh, so I do like LeVert in this one. And then I really like the value on Brooklyn. You know, you got to find some value on this slate just because there's a lot of studs you want to pay up for. And you need value guys that are going to get minutes and can produce. So Joe Harris, I think, is solid. He's 5400 on FanDuel and only 5000 on DK. Um I like Garrett Temple, actually. Um, I think he can get a lot of minutes. And he, at shooting guard on in FanDuel, is only 4,300 and 4,600 shooting guard or small four, 4,600 on DK. Garrett Temple, if he can score a little bit more in this matchup, he's going to get defensive stats and rebounds and assists. He get, kind of fills up the stat sheet. So I do like him. And then there's 
Luwawu Kabare, who we also just call TLC because it's a little hard to pronounce his name there. <laughs> he, he's pretty, you know, it looks like he's going to get minutes. I mean, if he stays in the consistent rotation there, he's getting 30 plus minutes here. And uh, he's a shooting guard, another good value play on FanDuel at 4,400 or 4,700 on uh, on DK here. So that's kind of uh, the guys I'm looking at on Brooklyn. And I guess before we go into Toronto, what, I wanted to get your opinion on these Brooklyn guys here. Yeah, I like Levert uh, a lot here. I liked him in the first round, uh, the first game. And it's funny, you talk about a bounce back spot. You know, he did get a 6x return. But anybody who wasn't named Donovan Mitchell, I mean, 6X is like, who cares about 6X return? You know, yeah. we want we want the monster 80-point fantasy game. Um, so, you know, yeah, like you said, 15 assists, but only 15 points. Um, and I, I think he will, you know, run the show again. I, I, I'm high on him. Um, Harris, I agree, probably my second favorite. Um, TLC... You know, he was terrific, but he shot 9 of 13 on three-pointers. Summer is here, and sports are finally back, which can only mean one thing. It's time to get back, relax, and make some cash. Everyone has to start somewhere, which is why you want to get off on the right foot by choosing an established book like mybookie.ag. With all the major sports seasons just around the corner, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Dynamic betting lines and a simple-to-use platform make the process easier than it's ever been. Create your account in just a few easy steps. Deposit and begin placing your bets. Sign up now using promo code COACHTALK to get your deposit matched 100% all the way up to $1,000. Plus an extra $25 free play. That's promo code COACHTALK. Use it to score yourself an extra piece of the pie. With my bookie, you bet, you win, and most importantly, when you win, you get paid. And Joe Harris, I, I agree with you, Shane. Uh, he's next on, on the list for me. Uh, just a, a really nice price at 5.0. Nice way to get exposure to this game. I who will score for you and rebound. And especially on draft games, you get the three-point bonus. So hopefully he'll get a lot from the perimeter. TLC is interesting. I think he's worth considering. You know, he did shoot nine of 13 from the field last time out. I'm, I'm not sure we can count on that. Uh, and then if you do want to save some money here, uh, Kuruks, I think, is an option. I may get to him once or twice. He's only 3.6 on DraftKings. And he didn't perform terrific in game one, but he did foul out. So hopefully he'll be a little bit smarter in that department, play more minutes, and and get us some more fantasy points. So uh, that's my thought on the Brooklyn side. But, you know, I do want to get a decent amount of exposure to this game. And I think there's a, a great chance that Brooklyn will keep this closer. Uh, hopefully Toronto won't shoot quite as well uh, so that if, if we, you know, potentially stack this game, um, then it, it can really work out for us on the back and forth. So what are your thoughts on the Toronto side? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you got to like Toronto here. Uh, they got a, a lot of great players. Uh, you know, I think Kyle Lowry, he's 8,000 on both sites. Uh, Kyle Lowry, I think, is probably worth paying up for if you can. It's just a matter of roster construction because there are a lot of really good guys that you have to pay up for. But Kyle Lowry is going to get his minutes 
and he's going to get stats in pretty much all categories. And he's a great play, and he's got a pretty good matchup against this pretty fairly weak Brooklyn defense here. So I like Kyle Lowry. Um, Fred Van Vliet, I was all over him on Monday and played and, you know, uh, had a really good lineup with him in it. And now I'm wondering, is this a, this is a, a slate where I might have a little less exposure to him just because he just came off that monster game he had and someone else on Toronto because they have so many stars might step up. And, of course, Van Vliet's price went up a little bit. He's 7,700 FanDuel, 7,600 DraftKings. So I think he's still a good play, but I feel like I might limit my exposure to him because it could be a little, little bit of a letdown spot for him, where Lowry, I think, is probably worth paying up for because of everything he does. And then I, I like Serge Ibaka, if he, whether he's starting or coming off the bench, if he can get decent minutes. He's 5,800 on FanDuel, uh, power forward eligible there. I think that's a good play at power forward, and he's 5,700 center uh, on DK, and Abaka does a little bit of everything, and he looked really good last time out as well. And then if you're looking for some value, you can look at OG Ananobi, uh, and he is 4,700 on FanDuel or 4,400 on DK. A little bit hard to trust because I don't know how much he's really going to be scoring, but he does get all those other peripheral defensive stats and everything. So um, so I do like him if you really need a value guy here. Um, and I'm still having a hard time trusting Siakam for Toronto, even though he's a great all-around player. It's just a little bit hard to trust him. You know, it seems like he's a little consistent right now, inconsistent in terms of scoring. Um, so that's kind of probably my favorites would be Lowry and Ibaka from the Toronto side here. And what do you think? Well, I do like Lowry. Uh, and I was with you. I was more on Van Vliet in game one. He was terrific. You know, he was a lot cheaper. He was under 7K. And now he's been priced up, and so it is a much tougher decision. But you go back to the fact that those two guys, they shoot a lot of threes. They've been near the the league leaders all season in three-point attempts. And in game one, Lowry was three for ten on threes, and Van Vliet was eight for ten. So there's another, certainly a regression candidate. We don't think he's going to shoot eight for ten. But if you're going to stack this game, you can use both of them. Um I do like them both. I will have exposure to both. And then Siakam, uh, I, I understand why you're still a little hesitant to go there, but he got 18 and 11 last game. He's trending in the right direction. You know, he may even step it up if it is a close game if, and they need him to perform more. So he's another guy that I will play, not in every lineup, but I'll have exposure to him. Ibaka, I, I, I do like, but I'm concerned about that price. Uh, and I, you know, I'm not I'm not convinced that he's going to put up that same performance. So I I may not get to Ibaka and OG. You know, he again he's he's you know somebody that you can use if you're going to stack this game heavily. But I do like some of the other guys in that in that price range here as we get later in the slate. So uh, we'll keep that in mind here as we transition to game number two. This is a four o'clock tip. It is Utah Denver, and they started everything off with a bang with that overtime game. So uh, we get set for number two game. Game number two here. Conley continues to be out for Utah. Barton and Harris continue to be out for Denver. Denver a four point favorite over under two seventeen and a half. So the big question here, Shane, are we going back to Mitchell, and can we expect eighty fantasy points again? 
<laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tough call. And I'm just kind of laughing, just thinking about it. I mean, this game is a little bit slower paced game. And that was kind of the concern the first time out here. Um, ends up scoring pretty high, but it does go to overtime. And a lot of people are not going to maybe factor that in. They're just going to be looking at that. And then, wow, high scoring game. And Donovan Mitchell has his has his career game, basically. So, yeah, Donovan Mitchell's priced up now. He's 8200 on FanDuel and 92 on DraftKings. And I think he's still going to be a decent play, but I don't expect him to come out and have that huge, you know, upside game again. So, and I think that the defensive adjustments here, that Denver, yeah, they are missing a couple of their defensive stoppers, but they still have a lot of good players they can throw at you. So I think they're going to game plan against Mitchell and make someone else beat him. Because if you think about the guys around him, those are the type of guys you want shooting, not not Mitchell being able to just drive into the paint and, and just torture there. So I think because of the defensive game plan adjustments from one to two, I think Mitchell is a good candidate to fade, and he's going to be super high-owned, so you can gain an edge there if he does have a subpar game here. Uh, so, yeah, it is, it is going to be tough, but I, I'm leaning towards uh, fading Mitchell. Uh, if you're looking for value on the Utah side, uh, Joe Ingles I thought looked pretty good last time out. He's uh, pretty affordable, 5500 Fandle 56 on DraftKings. And I think Royce O'Neal could be due for a bounce back. He burned a lot of people last game. He was one of the value plays. He didn't shoot particularly well. But I think they still need Royce O'Neal to play a lot of minutes. I think that he still can get rebounds and defensive stats. And I think he can actually score. And maybe if he hits a few more shots and hits some threes, he's going to crush value with that price there, 4400 DK. Or, I'm sorry, 4,400 on FanDuel and only 3,700 DK. So I'm not afraid to go to Royce O'Neal if I need value from this game here, even though he did burn a lot of people in the last game there. Uh, and then you can look at uh, Rudy Gobert. He's uh, 7,800 on FanDuel or 7,400 on DK. I might like him a little bit better on DK. I mean, I think 7,400 is a fair price for him on DK. And you can play more than one center over there. So if you wanted to pair him with, let's just say, Jokic or a bead or something like that. I think that he can have a big game here because, again, they need someone to score. And I'm projecting that they try to shut down Mitchell. So Gobert might be able to score and, and hit him underneath a little more, even though Denver's tough underneath. They can still score on him. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm looking at from the Utah side. And then quickly from the Denver side, I don't think I'm going to get a ton of exposure. But, I mean, Jamal Murray did look really good down the stretch there. I mean, he just torched him in overtime in the fourth quarter. He started out a little slow. But Jamal Murray looks really good at 7,500 FanDuel, 7,200 DK. It's going to be hard to get away from him there. And then uh, Jokic is 9,300 on FanDuel, same price as Embiid that we'll talk about, and 9,700 on DK which I like Jokic, but I don't know if I'm going to get there compared to, compared to Embiid. I think I like Embiid a little bit more, which we'll talk about him. Uh, so I don't know. That was kind of the debate last time uh, we were debating me, you, and Coach. You know, is it Jokic or Embiid that you play? They end up scoring almost the exact same amount of points, except for Jokic needed overtime to do that, where Embiid did it without overtime, too. So, uh, so that's going to be an interesting debate in this slate as well. And that's pretty much what I have for these two teams here. What about you? Well, I'm with you on fading Mitchell. 9,200 on DraftKings, I just don't want to pay that. I agree. I think Coach Malone is going to come up with a new plan and uh, you know, find a way to get the ball out of Mitchell's hands, force other other players to beat them. Um, and, you know, 9,200, he's 1,000 more than Levert, 1,200 more than Lowry, 1,600 more than Van Vliet. Um, so I... 
I, I'm going to fade him and, and hope that he just has an average game. Um, I, I'm with you on O'Neal with the bounce back for the, for the reasons you said, heavy minutes. He's, he's, they, they need him. He should attempt more shots next game. Uh, Ingles, you know, he handled the ball a lot, did look good, nice mid-tier value play. And then Clarkson, he's a guy that I will go back to. Uh, eight for 17 from the field, got 18 points, four rebounds, three assists. And, you know, he really is that secondary scorer besides Mitchell. He'll get heavy minutes again with Conley out. So I'll go back to the well with Clarkson. And same thing on Denver. Murray's number one for me. Um, you know, solid price tag. Jokic, they really priced up. You know, I was on him last last uh, slate, as you mentioned there. But uh, probably won't get there now at uh, closer to 10K. Um, so can't forget about Michael Porter Jr. either, Shane. Uh, but disappointing that he only got 31 minutes and only 13 shots. So we'll see if we'll see if he bounces back. Um, I'll probably get you know one or two shares of him, but not not a core play for me at all. Yeah, I'm kind of like uh, a little more nervous about those young, inexperienced guys, uh, you know, against these you know tough physical defenses like Utah in the playoffs. So that's why I haven't really been on Porter unless you know. So and I don't I don't expect him to have a big breakout ceiling game. I think it's just a lot tougher for him and. In, in, this type of playoff environment. I think he's a super talented player. I just particularly like him. And, you know, he's, he's a mid, you know, mid price guy, but I just don't really like him to see a game in this environment. That's kind of where okay. I'm not, uh, not on him as much, even though he is super talented. I can't deny that. Yeah. And it's surprising because in the first quarter of that game one, he looked great shooting with confidence. He pull up three in transition from well behind the line, buried it. Uh, but then he just sort of faded and did get many shots, and it was the Murray and Jokic show. So we'll see how game two plays out. Uh, let's go to the second half of the slate chain. We've got Philly and Boston, and the mybookie.ag line has Boston as a four-and-a-half-point favorite, over under 214-and-a-half. That's the lowest on the board. We're going to tip this one off at 6.30, and... On the Boston side, the unfortunate news with Hayward, uh, the ankle injury, he's out for about four weeks. And Jalen Brown is listed as probable with a thigh. Uh, those are the key uh, injury updates there. So how do you see this uh, game two playing out? Yeah, I mean, this is a tough, uh, a tough battle here. Boston's still favored by four and a half, even though they lost uh, Hayward. Uh, Boston's still loaded, but uh, I kind of feel like this is a bounce-back spot for Philly, um, especially with Hayward out here. Got to love uh, Joel Embiid. I mean, he's got to be the top, one of the top plays in this entire slate, uh, at least for me. 9,300 on FanDuel, 9,900 on DK, but I think he's worth paying up for. Um, Boston has a hard time stopping these big guys, and Embiid with, of course, Ben Simmons out. I mean, Embiid is going to be the primary, you know, scorer and, you know, distributor down low and do a little bit of everything. So I really like Embiid here. Uh, You know, I know Daniel Tice is a decent defender, but just overall, he can't match up with Embiid. So I like the matchup here. Um, I also like if you want a little bit of mid-tier value, I like Josh Richardson. Uh, he plays some point guard. He he kind of handles the ball and does a little bit of everything for Philly, and he's only 4,900 at shooting guard on 
FanDuel and 5,100 on, on DK. So I think he's going to be more involved. You know, he's going to be typically more involved in the offense and gets defensive stats and rebounds and assists and everything as well. And then you can look at Tobias Harris. Uh, you know, you can certainly make the argument, you know, Gordon Hayward's a decent defender. They're going to be missing his defense in there at the small forward position. Uh, so Tobias Harris is certainly a candidate that could do well and have a good game here as well. He's 7,200 on FanDuel, 77 DraftKings. And then, of course, on the Boston side, uh, definitely uh, was all over Tatum on uh, Monday, and he and he did really well. He had an awesome game. He's one of the best all-around players in the in the game right now. Um, but he is pretty expensive. He's eighty-seven hundred on uh, on Fanduel and nine thousand on DK. So uh, you know, depending on your roster construction, you may not be able to pay up for all these guys. So you so we will have to make decisions on whether whether to play Tatum or not, but he's really good. I really like Jalen Brown. I'm not too concerned about that injury, uh, but Jalen Brown is, I feel like a guy that has a super high ceiling and it's just even more shots for him with Gordon Hayward out. So I really love Jalen Brown here, probably the most on the Celtics at $7,000 on FanDuel or 7,500 on DK. And then Kemba Walker should also get even more shots up as well. And he's been kind of coming back, you know, from being off for a while. Um, and he's pretty good value, 6,900 on FanDuel, 68 on DK. So definitely like those big guys, those guys for Boston. You notice that Philly's defense isn't quite as good after they lost Ben Simmons. They're not quite as good as they were during the regular season with the bubble restart and everything here. Um, so that's kind of the guys that I'm looking at so far for Philly and Boston. But, yeah, it's a, t- it's a tough matchup and not a super high-scoring game typically. So that's one thing you have to consider here as well. Um, and w- what about you, Andrew? Yeah, well – you know, the the thing is, like you said, um, tough matchup, lower total. And so those guys in that mid-tier, Tobias Harris, Jalen Brown, and then you get to more expensive with Tatum. I, I mean, I like all those guys. I'll have exposure to them. But if I compare them to those similar-priced guys in Brooklyn and Toronto, Levert, Lowry, Van Vliet, Siakam, I like Brooklyn and Toronto guys better. I, I just think it's uh, more likely to be high scoring. Um, so I'll have less exposure to this game, but but I do like all three of those guys. I like those more than Kemba. I don't quite trust him yet uh, to do the other stuff, uh, you know, especially against a strong Philly defensive team. Uh, and Bede, you know, that's a that's a tough one here. If you look at if you look at DraftKings, he's nine point nine. Kawhi Leonard is 10,000. You know, I think there are going to be some lineups where that's the decision I'm, I'm making. Um, you know, Embiid uh, was strong uh, against Tice in game one, and he has the advantage of really being more of a focal point for Philly, whereas the Clippers have so many weapons, you know, they don't have to have Kawhi Leonard, um, you know, put up 26 shots. So, um, that that's going to be a tough decision. I gotta I gotta wrestle with that one. But I want to mention about Philly, Philly that you know in game one they only went about seven guys deep with their rotation. It was only Burks and Thibel off the bench, and Burks has been priced up now on DraftKings. He's up to four point six. He was a key value play for us in game one under four K, and and he paid off. Now it's a little bit tougher with his price tag. Um, but I want to mention Thibel because. His price is still only 3.4. He got 18 fantasy points in game one, and he played 33 minutes, which is important. 
you know, we, we talk about the peripheral stats with him. He only shot two for three from the field. So if he can get those types of minutes again, maybe get a couple more shots and continue to contribute uh, across the board in terms of stats, you know, he's a value play that I think is important to consider. Yeah, he's quite the defensive stopper, so they're, they're going to need him to face up against guys like Jalen Brown, you know. So, yeah, he's a, he's a tough defender, so he could get those stats and rebounds too, so. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. This is a, a good matchup for him in terms of uh, the demand for his minutes because of that defensive prowess. So I think he'll I think he'll get 30 minutes again, uh, and I, I think it's wise to uh, keep him in that player pool as one of your value plays. All right, Shane, you ready for game four? Yeah. All right, great. Well, before we get into game four, uh, just want to give out some social media information. You can find Shane on Twitter at DET Sports Shane. You can find me on Twitter at Language Olympic. You can find the team at DFS Coach Talk. And our fearless leader, Joe Sarvati, is at J O E S A R V A D I. He's got the night off getting ready for golf, baseball, and basketball tomorrow. Uh, and then Freddie Mills is at Freddie Mills 7. Uh, we'll see if he can get a PGA article up for us this week. Uh, playoffs start tomorrow, so that's going to be a lot of fun. All right, Shane, game four is the Mavericks and Clippers. Nine o'clock tip again. Clippers favored by six and a half on mybookie.ag. Over-under is the highest on the board at 229 and a half. We've got the Porzingis situation after the ejection. Now he's questionable with a knee, which is kind of questionable to me. I don't quite understand that. He seemed fine as he walked off the court when he was ejected, but uh, he does have a questionable tag, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And then Trey Burke is probable with an ankle. Uh, those are the key uh, injury situations here from game four. Uh, who are you going to be targeting from the late night game? Yeah, I mean, this is the highest over-under game, and it should stay fairly close if Dallas plays as good as they did uh, last time. So it is a game that you have to take certainly look at. Uh, you know, the issue here is, I mean, normally you'd look at Doncic and say, you know, I mean, he's he's probably one of the best, him and outside of James Harden, probably one of the best fantasy players out there right now. I mean, he's one of the best real-life guys as well, except besides the fact that he's not like an elite defender. Um, but, you know, I just think that with this matchup, uh, it's a little easier to fade Doncic, being that he is very expensive. He's, what, 11000 on DK and 10500 on FanDuel. And it's really hard to construct a lineup with Doncic. Uh, and have all these other studs that you want that they, that you think are in a great game environment and a good matchup and have a super high ceiling. So so that's the problem here is Doncic, even though he's a guy you love to play and he's great for fantasy, is it's a guy that you have to consider fading here. So that, I just wanted to bring that up because obviously he is one of the top fantasy players in, in the NBA. Um, so I kind of like Porzingis as a bounce back spot here. Um, you know, I think that I'm not too worried about the knee. I don't think it's a serious knee injury. I think it was just a little bit of soreness there. So I think he'll be fine. Obviously, he's going to be fresh because he didn't play that many minutes. You know, what did he get? 19 or 20 minutes last game. And uh, if this guy has any little bit of fire uh, lit inside him, now would be the time right after it was kind of a, a BS call there. So and he looked decent. You know, it's a tough matchup, but he looked decent. And, uh, you know, he's very athletic. He can do a little bit of everything. So I like Porzingis for a bounce back spot here. 
And he is expensive, but I think he's probably a guy that's worth paying up for. He's 8,600 on FanDuel. He's 8,900 on DK. So I do like him. And then on the Clipper side, I mean, it, that's going to be the tough debate. Like you were saying, Kawhi Leonard, I think, looked great. I think the guy is just so fundamentally sound. And he's. I think he's the best all-around player right now in the league. Um, and he's just solid everywhere. He's 9,600 on FanDuel or 10,000 on DK. Uh, but the question is, is are the Clippers going to get out to a big lead? And they just have so many good guys coming off the bench uh, and so much firepower that do they really need Kawhi to really have to take over? And Kawhi will defer to other people. He doesn't he's not like a selfish type player as long as they win. Right. So that's the problem with him is does he really get a ceiling game uh, there? Because I don't know if he needs it. And then Paul George is still decent. He's, eight, you know, 8100 on Fanduel, 8600 on DK. He looked okay, but he didn't really look dominant the last game. And then for value, uh, Marcus Morris Sr. looked really good. He looks like he's he's out there and he's finally getting in the rhythm and he can score and rebound. He can get defensive stats, and he's 4,700 on FanDuel, 48 on DK. So I think you have to consider Marcus Morris Sr. as a value play. And then Patrick Beverly, I think, is a decent uh, value play as well. I know that he's only 4,300 on uh, FanDuel. Uh, so he's pretty affordable, and he, if he can hit a couple of those three pointers and get some defensive stats, um, that's pretty good. That's pretty good there as well. Um, do you, and he's yeah, he's thirty five hundred on DK. So I imagine you might have some interest there on DK as well at that price because he is a good player. Um, and that's pretty much what I'm looking at from this game here. What, what do you think? Yeah. So on on the Dallas side, I agree. It may be time to fade Luca here. I mean, he went 42.7 rebounds, nine assists, and he just barely paid off value because he's so expensive. And I don't know if we can count on him scoring 42 actual points again. Uh, he, you know, he might get a triple-double with 35 points. That would not surprise me. But, you know, you referenced all the guys in that 7 to 9K range that are really attractive. You know, if we can get 50 fantasy points from them and get an extra one in there, I think it might make sense to to fade Luca, especially on DraftKings where he's eleven thousand. And I would like to go back to Porzingis, but you know now he's been priced up, uh, so it really makes it tough. Um, you know nobody else on on Dallas is that exciting to me. THJ at five point three is you know he's okay. You could go there. Um, Curry is only 3.6 on DraftKings. You could take a flyer there. And then on the Clippers side, you know, I, I agree with you. Kawhi looks excellent, um, but he is expensive. And the Clippers have so many weapons. Uh, they just don't, they don't need to go to him all the time as much as any other team would if he was on a different team. And Paul George priced up. Uh, he was 8,100 last time on, on DraftKings. Now he's 86. So I don't think I'll go there. If, if I'm going to go either one of those guys, I'll probably go with Kawhi. Uh, and I agree. Morris is in consideration. Pat Beverly's in consideration. The one guy we haven't talked about here that I do like is Zubats. Uh, he had a double-double last time in only 22 minutes. He was 4.1 then, and we were all over him. Uh, now he's 4.5. Uh, little little bump there, but I still like him. Uh, Harold got 15 minutes. And we talked about how he could eat into Zubats a little bit. But as long as Zubats can get that 22 to 24 minutes, uh, I think he's uh, a real strong option. So um, 
that's that's my thoughts on game four. And yeah, so, uh, so do you have any like thoughts on Zubac? I, I, no, I, I, I have a hard time trusting him just because he's been super productive when he's out there. But I, I feel like Carroll's just going to continue to get incrementally more minutes as the games go on. And that's just going to cut into Zubox a little bit. And they obviously don't trust Zubox to play much more than that 22 to 24 minutes. I mean, he's a great player. It seems like they would give him like 28 minutes, but uh, I think they're okay playing a little bit smaller uh, most of the time. So, um, which, you know, Dallas doesn't have any real imposing center because Porzingis is more of a, you know, uh, you know, more of an outside perimeter type uh, center. He's not really like a down below strength type guy, down low strength player. Uh, And yeah, I mean, I think going back to Kawhi, it's just like, the guy's almost like a, a better real life NBA player than he is like a fantasy player. Like he, you can hit him, hit good nights with Kawhi and uh, for fantasy, but he's probably better in the real life game than the fantasy game, just because he's not the type of guy that just goes out there and tries to command the ball. And, you know, it's not like a one man show where he's real selfish. So it's like, uh, you know, and that's why Luca's good, but Luca's dealing with a really difficult matchup in, he, like you said, he barely hit value last time, and that was with Porzingis, their other big star, out most of the game, or at least ha- about about half the game there with limited minutes. So that's why, and just they have a uh, so many guys they can throw at Luca, and just they, you know, even for a young guy, they 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 are wearing they wear him out. As impressive as he is, he's very impressive. It's just the playoffs with the team defense the Clippers have. It's a completely different ball game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's going to be fun though. We'll see how Porzingis rebounds. After after game one and the ejection and and how that plays out with Luca down the stretch, but uh, do want to mention uh, that we have memberships available at dfscoachtalk.com. We have weekly, monthly, and annual memberships, so we invite you to come and pick one of those up. And what that gets you is every day uh, we give you a full FanDuel lineup, uh, cash lineup, and a GPP. For the NBA, what we do is we give that out 30 minutes before lineup lock so we can make sure we're fully up to date on the news. So uh, invite you to do that. And we also give out the coach's clipboard for, for DraftKings with some core plays and then a bunch of pivots to try to help you uh, build a winning lineup. We've had some great success here throughout the bubble and as we get started here uh, with the playoffs. So Perfect time to join. You know, NBA is our, our main sport, but uh, those memberships get you all of our sports access. So uh, every slate, every day, uh, we give out the full FanDuel lineup and some sort of DraftKings coaches clipboard. Uh, we'll have a PGA show tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, so you can check that out. And then uh, if you join on Wednesday, you'll also be able to get the PGA lineup before the Thursday morning lock. And then, of course, Shane and I will be handling the NFL coverage, which isn't too far away, Shane. We're already here in mid-August. Before you know it, we're going to have, hopefully, some kickoffs on Thursdays, Sundays, and Mondays. Yeah, I'm already following the news in training camps now that they finally just put the pads on. So we're starting to get some good, uh, some good tidbits and news. And and we've yeah, we've been grinding the NFL research since uh, early in the summer during the during the shutdown and everything. So we we were way ahead of the game in terms of the research, and we're still on it now. And yeah, we're less than a month away from NFL. So get in on the membership now at DFS Coach Talk because that includes. 
are great insight and in, in, uh, obviously NBA and MLB and PGA, but then you're going to get the NFL and we're just going to crush it in NFL as well. So it's awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. It's uh what a time here with all these DFS sports overlapping and playoffs and uh, it's terrific. So uh, we thank you all for all of your support. Uh, Want to mention our sponsors again here, mybookie.ag terrific match available on our website with the promo code coach talk. Want to thank tvg.com. That's where the world watches and wagers on horse racing. Our charity of choice here at DFS Coach Talk is mambaon3.org. And I think that's it. I just want to remind everybody that, again, tomorrow is a doubleheader. We'll have another NBA podcast for the Thursday slate and a PGA show that should post around the evening time uh, on Wednesday evening to get you ready for your Thursday uh, golf. So that will do it for uh, the Wednesday NBA slate. On behalf of my buddy here, Sugar Shane Caldwell, and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I am Andrew Hansen, and please do join us again tomorrow as we look to crush it in NBA DFS. 